Okay, friends. Today, we are reading a book called Disney's DuckTales, The Great Lost Treasure Hunt. And this book was requested, and we are we do our very best to get what, what we can for our friends who are listening. So we hope you enjoy this story. So DuckTales, The Great Lost Treasure Hunt, was uh, written by somebody at Disney. And it was originally published as a book called The Road to Riches. And I can't tell you who wrote it because they didn't give an author any credit at this point. <laughs> because, you know, it's true. A long time ago when books were made, um, they didn't do a good job of doing that sometimes. <laughs> we just know that this was the Walt Disney Company. Maybe I'll have to reach out to my friends there and remind them to double up on that effort. Are you ready to read a story? Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Mm-hmm. Hey, friends, do you know that my mom's friends with the people who work at Disney? Uh, they probably don't know. Well, now they do because you've told them, but it's true. Um, let's move on, though. <clears throat> Disney's DuckTales, The Great Lost Treasure Hunt. And it's read today by Mommy and... What's your name? Can we just skip the name? You want to skip the name again? Can I just call you my cool guy? Mm-hmm. All right, because Philip's got some new, really cool sunglasses, some shades, and he's very cool in them. My name is Green, and it's written on my glasses. Yeah, oh, man. and the things that hold on to your ear, that... Mm. Are right there at the corners of it. Those are where my name is. Yeah, he's got his name written on his sunglasses. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Scrooge McDuck was with his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, in his mansion on a hilltop in Duckburg. While looking at the room full of treasures that he had brought back from around the world, he sighed. It's no use, he said. There's no place left to go to search for new treasure. Let's face it, I'm through. Don't worry, Uncle Scrooge, said Huey. We'll think of something. Now we got to hurry or we'll be late for our junior woodchucks meeting. At the meeting, the boys joined the other woodchucks round the campfire, where their leader, the Grand Mogul, was telling a story. Long ago, there was a tiny country in the Himalayan mountains near Tibet called the Kingdom of Feathers. Its ruler, the leader of the quack, collected a fortune in jewels in his cave of splendor. Then everyone in the kingdom suddenly vanished. Legend says that the fortune is still there somewhere. It can be found by an explorer who is daring enough. That treasure is just the thing to cheer up Uncle Scrooge, said Dewey as they raced home. But Scrooge wasn't there. The boys found him sitting gloomily in the money bin down at his office. We have the answer to your problem, Louis said. You're going to find the lost treasure of the Kingdom of Feathers. 
You mean there's a treasure left that I hadn't heard of? Said Scrooge. Time's a-wasting. In a flash, Scrooge and the boys were off to see Gyro Gearloose, the famous inventor. Scrooge said, We need a vehicle to take us to find the lost treasure of the kingdom of feathers. It must fly as fast as a jet, land in tight places like a helicopter, scale mountains, and float on water. The most important, it has to have room to hold the treasure. This is a tough order, said Giro. It will take a while. Come back in half an hour. Do you know that for some people, especially somebody who was building something like a, a an important piece of equipment, a half an hour is not a very long time. A half an hour is only 30 minutes. That's another way of saying 30 minutes. And that's not much time at all to build something. Next, Scrooge and the boys went to see the fearless test pilot, Launchpad McQuack. There isn't an aircraft that hasn't been invented or will be invented that Launchpad can't fly, said Doofus, his sidekick and admirer. And if Launchpad's going to fly it, I'm going to ride in it, he added. At the next Junior Woodchuck's meeting, Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Doofus told the Grand Mogul about their trip. Uncle Scrooge said we could go along said Huey. After all, if it weren't for us, there would be no trip. The boys were overheard by Quacker McFink, a young duck paid by Flintheart Glomgold to spy on them. Flintheart was so jealous of Scrooge that he had seized every chance to learn about his rival's plan. Now, do you know what a rival is? Uh-huh, I didn't think so. So a rival is a person that is competing with you. Like if you're playing checkers with someone and you're on one side of the board, your rival, the person who's opposite you, who is also trying to win at the same time, is your your rival, that person. Okay? That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. After making sure that there was nothing else to hear, Quacker McFink raced to Flintheart Glomgold's house and breathlessly told him about Scrooge's trip to the Kingdom of Feathers. We'll just see about that, said Flintheart. I have some ideas of my own about getting that treasure. In a few days, Scrooge and his party were ready to leave. Will you be needing your dinner jacket, sir? Asked Scrooge's butler, Duckworth. We've organized an exploration party, not a fancy dress party, said Scrooge. I'll need my hiking boots. As Launchpad began to take off, Scrooge's housekeeper, Mrs. Beakley, came running across the airstrip in her nightgown and slippers. When she couldn't find her granddaughter, Webigail, she suspected the girl had stowed away on the plane. Webby, she shouted, is my Webigail in there? 
no one could hear her over the noise of the engine. Doofus thought that Mrs. Beakley wanted to come along, so he opened the door and pulled her aboard just as they were taking off. When Mrs. Beakley realized she was being lifted off the ground, she had no choice but to hold on. And as she landed on the floor of the plane with a thud, she sat up, took one look around, and fainted. Grandma! shouted Webby, coming up from behind a seat. Oh, that's what Mrs. Beakley was shouting about, said Doofus. After Mrs. Beakley came to, everyone convinced her not to make them turn back. They even forgave Webby for stowing away. For having stowed away. Do you know what that means when someone is a stowaway? It means that they didn't have a spot on whatever it is that they're on, a boat or an airplane or a car, and they've snuck on without having a ticket or they weren't meant to be there, okay? Launchpad flew the plane for a whole day without resting. Then he landed on a tiny plot of ground high in the Himalayas. While looking at the map, he said, This is as far as we can fly. Now it's up to our feet. As the crew left the plane, they didn't know that Flintheart was spying on them. He had arrived by helicopter with the Beagle Boys, whom he had hired to lead the group of yaks. Oh, okay, so let's explain what this is for people who can't see the picture. There are how many Beagle Boys? Four. Four. And do they look like they are good guys or bad guys? Bad. They are definitely bad guys. We can. And Flint is definitely a bad guy as well. And I think they might have these yaks because they're going to carry the treasure, don't you think? Yeah. Just wait a while, he told them. Then we'll follow Scrooge's trail. We ought to be close to the Cave of Splendor where the jewels are, said Scrooge as he and his band of adventurers set out along a mountain pass. After a while, Scrooge said to Launchpad, Are you sure you read that map right? Suddenly, Huey, Dewey, and Louie went tumbling over a rock in the path and bumped into a side of a cliff. A huge stone door swung open. The explorers stood in the mouth of a very dark cave. Don't worry, Junior Woodchucks always carry flashlights, said Dewey. Soon everyone was exploring the cave, heading down a long corridor that led into a large cavern. Oh, you okay? Okay. Sorry, friends. Um, this um, very cool guy who sits next to me who has sunglasses. Um, is having a little snack too, so hopefully it didn't make too much noise. Here we go. Back to the story. Wow, Uncle Scrooge, said Louie. It's just the way the Grand Mogul said it would be. Indeed, the treasure was fabulous. The crew made their way past piles of jewels. Rounding a corner, they stopped in their tracks. Before them stood the prize of the collection, the jewel-covered statue known as the Peking Duck. The 
doesn't that statue remind you of someone? Asked Mrs. Beakley. Just hold it right there, yelled a gruff voice from behind them. Everyone whirled around to see Flint Heart Glomgold and the Beagle Boys leading yaks. Do you know what yaks are? We saw some at the zoo. Yaks are kind of like very big, very furry cows, but they are, they're used to carrying heavy things. After forcing Scrooge and his fellow explorers to stand close together, Flintheart and the Beagle Boys tied them up. Then they loaded all the treasure into the yaks until it looked as if the poor beasts wouldn't be able to stand. When the yaks were out of the cave, Mrs. Beakley said, I don't like the sound of that. I think they're closing up the entrance to the cave. Indeed, they were. Things looked bleak for Scrooge and his friends. All of a sudden, a small, muffled voice piped up. We're not licked yet, boys. And then a small head peeked out from under Mrs. Beakley's nightgown. Webby! Everyone shouted. Webby untied Mrs. Beakley, and they went to work untying the others. Scrooge said glumly, Now all we have to do is find a way out of here. After trying in vain to get out of the cave, everyone was tired and gloomy. Doofus said, At least we've got the super-duper long-lasting food that Gyro packed along with us. He took out two long, hard sticks, but he could neither bite them nor break them. Scrooge said sadly, I think we've had it. Huey, Dewey, and Louie suddenly went into a huddle. Then, just as suddenly, got up again. Louie grabbed two food sticks and ran to the cave door. Using one as a hammer and the other as a chisel, he began to dig through the rock. Hooray! shouted Webby. We're saved! It took a while, but at last, with everyone's help, there was an opening in the cave door, large enough to squeeze through. Now to stop Glomgold! shouted Scrooge. Everyone raced down the mountain path towards the spot where they had landed. Flintheart had brought his helicopter out of hiding and had just finished loading the last piece of treasure, the Peking Duck, onto it. Stop! shouted Scrooge. Flintheart quickly slammed the helicopter door and took off, but it looked as if he were going to get away. But then he peered over his shoulder to gloat at Scrooge and bumped smack into the side of the mountain. And let that be a lesson to everyone. Gloating gets you nowhere. Do you know what it means to gloat? It's something that some people do when they have won. And the person that they that they lo- that lost um they do something to make them feel bad. Like they'd make a funny face at them to make them feel worse about losing. Or they might say something unkind. We don't know for sure. But it's if you do something mean to someone who you had had a competition with and they lost. 
It's not a very kind way to be. Now, the door of the helicopter flew open and out fell all the treasure. It scattered down the mountainside into a canyon so deep that no one could see the bottom. Flintheart miraculously landed on a yak, unhurt, but he didn't look happy at having to face the angry, unpaid Beagle Boys. Get me out of here! He screamed at Scrooge to Scrooge, and Scrooge chuckled over Flintheart's fate. But as the airplane took off, he sadly looked sadly at the spot where the treasure had disappeared. Cheer up, Uncle Scrooge, said Huey. There's, there'll be other treasures to find. Scrooge was about to protest when he stopped. Thanks to you three and Webby, there will be. For, for right now, you're all the treasure I need. And that, friends, is... The end. It's the end. The end.